You know, when we were newlyweds, my wife and I, um, 20 years ago, and, uh, and so and, um, we were, uh, we went to go to Niagara Falls, and I had to go visit the falls, and, and, um, and that seemed like a newlywed kind of a thing to do. We went our first and second year of marriage, and, and uh, we went over there, and of course, if you've been there, there's the Canadian side, and there's the American side. And if you notice, the American side is all sophisticated. Uh, it's all, you know, it's all the, you know, three-star, four-star hotels. It's a little bit more polished. You know, on the Canadian side, it's more party town, all right? It's a little bit more touristy and a little bit more crazy, you know, and if you don't really have a big budget, that's where you stay. You go to Canada and just kind of, you know, go there. And so my wife and I, we just didn't have a big budget, you know, being a young minister. Um, and so we found a place to stay at the motel, we call I think it was like the Pilgrim's Inn Motel, something like that. And, um, and it was definitely a motel with an M. And uh, so we said, hey, this is work. We're going to stay there. And uh, just one night. And, um, and so we're staying there. And the next morning, Karen's getting ready and doing her thing. And, um, and she blow drying her hair. And then the power went out. And I step out in the hallway, and the power went out, not just in our room, but the whole hallway and every room, go down to the lobby, they lost their power, and say, hey, what happened? Oh, I don't know, you know. And uh, a few minutes later, they, they, I guess the breaker got tripped some, by somebody. <laughs> and so, you know, power came back on, and Karen blowed around her hair again. And sure enough, the power went back out. And I look at Karen, I said, Karen, I think it's you. I think you're knocking out the whole motel. And sure enough, it was her. And, and so, you know, we called back down there and they said, yeah, you can't, you know, we don't blow dry hair in this motel. I said, that, that would be good to know. Be good to know. And so we had to unplug from, you know, we had to unplug the hair dryer. And uh, so today we're going to talk about a proper plug-in, you know, and how to be properly plug-in to the true power source and at the source of Jesus Christ. I want to look at John chapter 15 as we get started here. We're going to look at verse 5 to 8. And the Bible says, and this is what Jesus is talking, he's talking to the disciples. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, if you are plugged in to me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. In the first 10 verses, we only look at uh, four verses here, but in the first 10 verses of John chapter 15, the word remain is mentioned 11 times. It talks about being plugged in into Jesus. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says, when you're connected to me, when you're plugged in into me, you know, you're going to do great. You know, you're connected to God's power and to God's presence. But just like a branch is separated or a branch that is unplugged from the vine is dead and useless, and when you're unplugged from Jesus, you become 
useless as well. It becomes impossible for you to live the life that God wants you to live. You won't be able to experience God's presence or God's power. You can do nothing when you are unplugged from him. So it's imperative, it's necessary for us to get plugged in into Jesus and to develop a relationship with him. And that's what this series is all about, plugging into a thriving relationship with Jesus. And I want to be in this series, I want to be practical. We're going to talk about some things, you know, each week for the next six or seven weeks. We're going to talk about some practicality, about what it means to be plugged in into your walk with God. And today, as kind of an introduction to the series, we're going to talk about being plugged into spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, how to grow in spiritual maturity. I think it's safe to say that all living things grow. Growth is the evidence of life. Now, if a child doesn't grow up, that's a tragedy. And if a follower of Jesus Christ, if he doesn't grow up into spiritual maturity, that's a tragedy. God wants you, God wants me, he wants us to grow up. He wants us to grow up physically. He wants us to grow up emotionally. He wants us to grow up intellectually. But most of all, he wants you and I to grow up spiritually. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14, it says we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of nutrition. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4, verse number 12, we'll introduce a man named Epaphras. Epaphras was one of the key leaders, uh, uh, the key leaders of the church of Colossians. You know, he's one of Paul's you know, disciple. Paul mentored and discipled Epaphras, and Epaphras is a key leader. Uh, and some say that he was one of the pastors of one of the churches in Colossians, and Epaphras is introduced in verse number 12. He said, Apostle Paul said, he's a member of your own fellowship. He's a servant of Christ Jesus. He sends you his greeting. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong, and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. The word perfect, it means to be more mature. That's what that means. He wants them to be mature. He's praying for the people of Colossians to be more mature. He wants us to grow up. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to grow up. Now, underlying in that, if you're taking notes, underline the whole will of God in the end of that verse. The whole will. God wants to grow up to follow after the entire will of God. The full will of God. It's God's will that you and I grow up. And as your uh, pastor, as your pastor, I think a lot about your spiritual maturity. Think about that. And what's unfortunate is that people can go to church their entire lives 
and still be spiritually immature. I'm talking about people that have been in church for 20, 30, 40 or more years and they're still, they're still cranky. <laughs> Self-righteous. They're unloving. They're jealous, envious. Uh, they gossip. How, I, I wonder, how is it that they can hear sermons after sermons after sermons? And you hear that much Bible and, and, and still never really grow up. And, and, and it bothers me, right? Because I am your pastor. And, and, and I'm accountable. Believe it or not, I am accountable to God for the way I lead the church and how I lead your spiritual growth. Now, I don't take that responsibility uh, lightly at all. If you're under my spiritual protection, my spiritual guidance, the Bible said that one day I'm going to give an account to God and how I lead the church. The Apostle Peter made a charge to pastors. He said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, he said, be shepherds. In other words, be, shepherd is another word for pastors. Pastoring, shepherd, be shepherds of God's flock that it's under your care, watching over them. So I have a responsibility to, to, to guide you, to lead you. I mean, I can't make you, but I am to do everything I can to lead you like a good shepherd, to lead you in a growing, thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm supposed to do. And my goal is, is that when you stand before God, but that you would stand before God as a mature, as a mature Christian, as a mature believer. That you will not be a spiritual baby. That you won't stand before God wearing spiritual diapers. My goal for you is to stand before God, that you grew and you became more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. That's my job, to lead you to become more like him. Now, before I teach you how to plug into spiritual maturity, I want to talk about some myths about spiritual maturity. We've got to get some things, you know, uh, behind us here. But myth number one, if you're taking notes, that growth, spiritual growth, is automatic. Spiritual growth is automatic, and that's a myth. The fact is, you can grow older without growing up. Know what I'm saying? You, you can grow old, and at the same time, you're still immature physically, socially, intellectually, and spiritually. There, there is no such thing as a magic pill you know, that you can take that will automatically move your growth or you know, speed up your spiritual growth. And so growth it's not automatic. It's not automatic. That's myth number one, that growth is automatic. Here's number two, it's myth number two, that you can grow, you can grow just by attending church. You can grow just by attending church. And that's not true. That is a false idea. You can attend church your entire life and never grow to spiritual Maturity. You see, a lot of people think that the Christian life is just a series of meetings. You know, the more meetings I attend, the better I get. You know, and, 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 and I'm going 
judge my maturity, I'm going to evaluate my, my, by my maturity by how many times I was at church this year. Now listen, I'm not here to say, don't go to church. I think church is important. All right? But if that's all you're doing, you come on Sunday morning and get in your spiritual, you know, spiritual you know, muscles and spiritual juice and, you know, some meat from the God's word. If that's all you're doing, then by next Sunday, you're starving. Because every day, you've got to be doing something. Every day, you've got to be spiritually feeding yourself. I only get one hour a week. One hour a week out of 150, um, 166, 167 hours. I get one hour a week. And so it's imperative that you do more than just church. You know, but don't judge your church attendance. Say, hey, I'm, I'm spiritually mature. I go to church every Sunday. Well, good. I'm glad you come to church every Sunday. But don't just think that's it. You know, when I was growing up, you know, we had church. Hey, listen, I was extra spiritual. I go to church. You went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, bless God. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, you, you know, you can just be proud of me. <laughs> All right, whatever. And there was this line, there was a statement that we would hear from different churches that have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. By the way, I'm not, I am not down in it. I think that's wonderful if churches do that. But I had a statement that they made. And here's the statement, you ready? It takes three to thrive. And the idea is, hey, if you want to thrive, you better show up at church three times a week. That's it. And that's a false idea. It's great to be at church. It's important to be at church. But that should not equate to just our spiritual maturity. That takes more than church attendance, my friend. Myth number three. You've got to be aware of this. You can attain maturity on your own. You can do it all by yourself. Me, myself, and I. I don't need anybody. In fact, we see this in a lot of religions around the world, where the, the, the holiest people, the, the religious people, they like to isolate themselves in the monasteries or in a, on top of a mountain somewhere or in a cave. And a lot of religions, they, they, they teach, you know, that the holiest people need to be separate. We see that, but that's not what Jesus taught. You see, Jesus, I would argue, and I think I'd be uh, I think I would win this argument, uh, that he is the holiest person who have ever lived. You know what he did? He hung out at the parties. He hung out with people of bad reputations. He hung out with his disciples. From time to time, he broke away, you know, to be with his father. But most of the time, a lot of times, he, he was around people. But the point I'm trying to make here is that you can't love by yourself. You can't grow by yourself. Jesus said, well, God said, hey, God, love me with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then love your neighbors as yourself. You've got to be around people. Myth number four, you can measure spiritual growth by how much you know. Like if you know a whole lot of Bible, then you're spiritually mature. You know, and if you don't know a lot of Bible, then you're spiritually immature. And that's a myth. Yeah, knowledge, knowledge is important, but so is application. 
I've said before that, that information without application is an abomination. You've got to have both. People can have a whole lot of Bible knowledge and still be some of the crabbiest people you ever meet. In fact, you know, for some people, the more that they know, the more judgmental they become. The more critical, the more self-righteous they become. We've got to be careful of that trap. In fact, one time Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, the religious biblical experts. They were the Bible experts of the day. And Jesus, he made a statement to them. He, 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 he said to the Pharisees, he said, hey, you know what your problem is? You don't know the scripture. You don't know the Bible. Now, that, they took great offense to that. Because the Pharisees, they had the first five books of the Bible memorized. called the Torah, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. I think I got one of those switched over, okay? All right, yeah, somebody's like, yep, 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 fat track, fat track. All right, they took, they took notes. All right, but anyway, I, I got the first five in there somewhere. All right. But they had it all memorized, Pharisees. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room have all first five books of the Bible memorized? I got my hands down. Uh, oh, I just saw hand. Okay, no, no. <laughs> no, of course not. So Jesus, you know, he goes to the Pharisees and he said, hey, you know what the problem is? You guys don't know the scripture. And what Jesus was saying is, yeah, you may have it memorized, but you don't know it. You're not living by it. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to apply it and apply the word to your life. So those are four myths of spiritual maturity. It's my prayer, I pray today, is that you'll know the truth about how to grow into spiritual truth and spiritual walk with him. John chapter 15, verse 8. We've already read this first, but look at it one more time. Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, what is fruit? What is fruit? Uh, the word fruit is used at least five different ways in, in, in the New Testament. Uh, it refers to the fruit of your words. It refers to the fruit of your, your mind or the fruit of your thoughts. It refers to the fruit of your, of your behavior, your character, your action. It refers to the fruit of your emotions. It refers to the fruit of you sharing about Jesus to other people. And so today, I want to share with you the secrets of bearing fruits. We need to understand these four secrets if you're going to become all that God wants you to be for him. Number one, if you're taking notes, spiritual growth is intentional. It's intentional. You must intend to grow. It's not accidental. You must make a choice, a spiritual choice, to grow. I don't know how to say it any clearer than this, but you are close, you are close to Jesus as you choose to be. Y'all hear me? You, you are close to Jesus as you choose 
to be. You can't blame it on your husband, your wife. Can't blame it on your kids. Can't blame it on your work. You, you can't blame it on circumstances. You are close to God as you choose to be. If you don't feel close to God right now, guess who moved? Not God, but you. You moved. If you want to choose, make the choice to be a spiritual baby, you want to be a spiritual baby and you want to stay a spiritual baby your entire life, one day you're going to stand before God. You're going to say to God, yeah, God, I never grew up. And I, I pray that you need a man up. You need a man up. Say, God, I never grew up. I was way too busy with other things in my life. I choose other things that were not as important as a relationship and growing with you. And that's your choice. You make the choice. To follow God or to not follow God? To grow or to not grow? And spiritual maturity is intentional. Now, how do, you make, how do you be intentional? Let me get practical here. To be intentional, there are two things. You've got to develop a plan, and then you've got to make commitments. You've got to develop a plan, and you've got to make commitments. So let's talk about a plan. You need a plan for growth. You know, I, I'm sure some of you, you know, on January 1st, they made some plans to lose some weight. You made some plans maybe to, to, to get more physically healthy. You made some plans. And you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, you pick a plan to, to go on a diet. And by the way, there's all kinds of plans out there. And you can't do them all, right? And so you found one that best fit you. And so that, and that's the plan. And you made a plan. It's a systematic process. You know, you have a, a diet plan. I'm going to challenge you today to develop a spiritual growth plan. A process. A plan. Now, anyone can make a plan with good intentions. But if you don't follow through with your plan, then it's a bust. And so that's why you grow by developing the plan and then you're making commitments. Now, what is commitment? Oh, man, commitment is so important. A commitment is some, it's a decision that you made ahead of time. You made ahead of time. You know, so it's a decision you're going to make in the future ahead of time. And it's not based on how you feel or what you're doing. It, you, you say, you know what? It, no matter how I feel, I've already made up my mind ahead of time. It's done. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to, hey, I'm not going to let my feelings in the moment persuade me not to do it. I'm already committed to it. For example, maybe, maybe for some of you crazy people, you made a plan to work out every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. You're crazy, but you're doing it. All right, and uh, you know what? Kudos to you. More power to you, all right? And so 5 o'clock in the morning, you say, you know what? That's my plan. Now you got to make a commitment. You say, you know what? No matter how I feel, no matter, no matter what's going on, I, I've already made my mind up. I've already made my mind that when the alarm goes off, 
At 4.55, I'm getting up, and I'll put in my shoes, I'm going to go. Nothing, nothing is stopping me. But if you're not careful, if you're not making commitments ahead of time, at 5 o'clock, I mean, who feels like really getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning? I mean, some of you holy people are, but not me. All right? I know what I feel like doing at 5 o'clock is uh, hitting the snooze button. And if it's news, you know, if the alarm is too loud, I've got the advantage of just taking out the hearing aids. That's the thing. I'll just take them out. All right, I'm done. And I ain't waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. All right? And so, you know, a commitment. I've made my mind up. No matter how I feel, it's done. It's a done deal. I love the story I heard a long time ago about D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody is an evangelist in Chicago in the 1800s. And, um, and he had a commitment. He had a commitment to share the gospel to a person every day. He was going to have a gospel conversation with somebody every day. He shared a story how at one time he got in bed at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, ready to go to bed, and just dawned on him on that day that he not had a conversation with anybody about Jesus. And when most people write, well, you know what, you know, I can't bat 100, might as well go to bed and and now, tomorrow's a new day. D.L. Moody, because of a commitment, he got back out of bed, put on his clothes, walked the street of Chicago until he could share the gospel with somebody. That's commitment. Commitment. Every time you make a commitment, my friend, you grow. You grow. You commit to read your Bible. Commit to pray. Commit to serve. Commit to be in a small group. Commit to tell others about Jesus. Commit, commit to attend church. You know, the church attendance on Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. Commitment. At Lake Point, we have two tools to help you make deeper commitments. You see it every week. You see this every week, two tools. In your handout or in your, in your program, you see a connection card. This little piece of paper every week encourage people to take a next step. Every week, we're, we're following through with people that make a decision for Jesus Christ, taking a next step. At the end of every message, every weekend, we're talking about a next step for you to take. And we challenge you to take those steps. We challenge you to make some commitments, to make some commitments in your life, to take a next step. I want you to think about this for a minute. When, when you... Uh, buy a house. When you buy a house, you can't buy a house without signing a commitment. You can't get a car loan without signing a commitment. You know, anything that's important in your life, you're going to have to make a commitment. Marriage, you sign a marriage license, a driver's license. You sign a document. We make commitments to people all the time, and we sign them. Why should we not do it for God? To make commitment. That's why we have this every week. This simple little tool has helped many people take a step. They move step by step by step because we ask for commitment. Don't just throw it away. God is challenging you. That's your pastor. I want to know about it. So I can pray for you. You know, you can, you can share what's going on. You got this week, I'm going to make a commitment to read my Bible. This week, I'm going to make a commitment to work on my marriage. This week, I'm going to work on whatever. You make commitments. Here's the second tool 
It's also in your handout notes. Maybe you already have it out. It's, it's a message note. It's a message handout note. We ask people to, to take notes every week. You know why? Here's why. 95% of everything you hear today, you're going to forget by Wednesday. That's a sad fact for pastors everywhere. <laughs> and all the work and preparation for a Sunday morning sermon, you know, that we preach to you, you're going to likely forget most of it by Wednesday. So, you know what? It's best to write things down. You want to grow, you know, learn some things. Write it down. Take some notes. Take some notes. Spiritual growth is intentional. Number two, spiritual growth is practical. Practical. What I mean by that is we grow by developing good habits. Spiritual disciplines. An example of spiritual habit is the habit of spending, spending time with God every day, quiet time. And in fact, in a few weeks, we're going to have to do a message on how to plug into a spiritual, uh, a quiet time with God. Another habit is prayer and fasting. We're going to spend a Sunday talking about what it means to plug into prayer and to fasting. But we want to help you. And so well, maybe you say, well, I kind of know how to do it. Well, maybe there'll be some things you can learn. We want to be practical in this series. We want to talk about what that means. And so we want to encourage you to take some practical next step in your program. Here's a little card that looks like this. You'll see there. And on here, it's a practical next steps. What are some stepping points? We want to encourage you to take a next step. My prayer for you every Sunday, this is what I pray for every week. I pray that you leave here differently than the way you came in. I don't want you to just walk out the same old, the same old person you came walking in. I want you to come out and say, man, you know what? There's some things in my life. There's some things I need to work on. Man, I was reminded of something. Man, I need to take some next step. We're never too old to take a next step for Jesus. None of us. Pastor Paul always talk about pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm running the race. I got to run forward. I got to keep moving ahead. And that should be for all of us to move ahead in our spiritual walk with him. Number three, spiritual growth is relational. Relational. We've already kind of mentioned that. It's one of our myths. You know, you need, we need each other. And there are two ways here at Laypoint we want to encourage you to get plugged in. It's small groups and ministry teams. In fact, we want to encourage you to do both. Those are some of the practical ways you know, to get plugged in in a relational way, in a relational idea. You know, we've got other ways to grow. You know, we've got mentorship group and discipleship group. But we encourage you to grow. Don't say, hey, it's just me, my Bible, and I. And you need more than that, my friend. You need each other. You know, one of the, one of the challenges of, the, of this uh, a pandemic, it's so easy and we thank God, by the way, we thank God that we have the technology to be online. But it's so easy to say, you know what, it's comfortable. Just stay home all the time and to watch online. I can just do this. I can just roll out of bed. I don't have to fix my hair. I don't have to brush my teeth to go to online church. <laughs> Make me a cup of coffee. Hey, it's easy. Listen, listen. We have it available for reasons. 
you know, and, and understand that for health reasons, you know, for those who are elderly who need to be careful. I get that, but don't, don't get so used to it. You say, hey, man, this is my new mojo. This is the way I'm going to roll from now on. No, 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 no. You know, that's temporary. You need a shadow. We need to grow with these shadows. Spiritual growth is relational. Now, number four, number four, spiritual growth is incarnational. What I mean by that is that it's Christ in you. Christ living through you. I love Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. The goal of the Christian life is to live like Jesus. It's letting Jesus live inside of you, and then letting him live through me. It's when I say, Jesus, help me to be kind to people. God, just help me to be loving to people. Oh, Jesus, help me, help me to have compassion on people. Help me to keep my commitment. Help me to grow in my walk with you, God. Help me to trust God in every area of my life. I need you, Jesus. Help me. And Jesus living inside of you. And none of the things that we talk about, we can do on our own strength and our own power. We need Jesus. And when Jesus is in our lives, you know what he does? The Bible says that he has released his advocate and helper, the Holy Spirit. He comes into our lives. He guides us. He directs us in all truth. He helps us to live the life that we cannot do on our own. We need Jesus. In our spiritual growth, we have to depend on him. Now, the takeaway. I'm almost done here. Give me a few more minutes. I know y'all looking at the clock. All right, you say, all right, I, I don't, I, we gotta beat the Methodist to the restaurant today. I get it, okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. We'll make sure we happen. But the takeaway, let me give you a few takeaways and we'll be done here. Uh, if, by the way, you can't stumble, you cannot stumble into spiritual growth. It's not gonna happen by accident. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, we must pay the most careful attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. It's so easy. It's so easy for all of us, including me, to slowly drift away. It just happens. And all of a sudden you realize that you've lost something. So the, the, the writer of Hebrews said we've got to pay the most careful attention. I want you to grab your handout notes message notes. And on the back, you see the takeaway. I challenge you to develop your spiritual growth plan for 2022. What does that look like? And maybe, maybe you can't think of the answer right now, but I want you to take this home. And maybe you don't have a handout note, but just take, write it down. Write it down. You'll forget it if you don't write it down. Write down, God, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to see in 2022 in my life. And, and, and my next step, you know, we talk about the commitment card, the covenant cards, you know, making a commitment. You know, your connection cards. On the back, it says, my next step today is, number one, today I've received or I've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. But number two, to develop and commit to a spiritual growth plan for 2022. I challenge you to make a plan 
and then make a commitment. Can you do me a favor? If you already got it, I said, man, I already got a couple ideas. Can you share that with me today? You can do that right here on the back of your card. Put it right here on the bottom where it says prayer, question, comments. Just write it down and say, you know what? God, this is something that I feel God is leading me. Maybe, maybe it's a one word. You know, you know just, uh, some of you have a one word for 2022. And it's just, God, I'm working through this one word. And this is my, this is my way of growing. Maybe for some of you, it's that, hey, I'm going to read the Bible this year. You know, I'm going to read the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. I'm going to start reading. I'm going to make a commitment to do so. I'm going to be in a spa group. I'm gonna. I'm gonna join the church. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a member. I'm gonna start serving. I'm gonna be a volunteer. Well, what is what is your next step? What is your spiritual growth plan for 2022? And if you don't have it today, that's okay. I pray that you begin to ask God and say, God, show me. Christ in me. Show me what direction you want me to take so that I can be all that you want me to be. I don't want to be one day standing before God in my spiritual diapers. And I don't want that for you. I want you to grow. And every person in this room, no matter who you are, you've got the potential, the potential for what God has for you. I pray you live it out and you match out the God potential in your life but that's with a plan and making some commitments to do some practical step. You need each other. But most of all, Christ in me. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you. We thank you that we can't do this on our own. But we do have you. We have your Holy Spirit, the leader, in 2022, no matter what 2022 throws at us, God, it's my prayer that this will be the greatest year of our life, spiritually speaking.